Albertans received an emergency alert to their cell phone this week about the power grid. Is there more in store for us? I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. Alberta, but most of the prairies are in an absolute deep freeze. Now, cold weather, nothing new. Sub minus 40. I've been here my whole life. It doesn't surprise me. Now, the length of this most recent cold snap is unusual, but it's nothing under normal circumstances that Albertans can't deal with. We plug in our block heaters. We let our diesels warm up a little bit longer. We might have to drive our kids to school like I've been because the school buses don't run when it's this cold. But very rarely have we received an emergency alert akin to an Amber Alert to our cell phone from the government in general. But I think this is the first time we've ever received one about the potential failure of our power grid. I'll read it to you right now. Emergency alert. This is an Alberta emergency alert issued by the AEMA. The alert is in effect for Alberta. Extreme cold resulting in high power demand has placed the Alberta grid at high risk of rotating power outages this evening. Albertans are asked to immediately limit their electricity use to essential needs only. Turn off unnecessary lights and electrical appliances. Minimize the use of space heaters. Delay use of major power appliances. Delay charging electrical vehicles and plugging in block heaters. Cook with microwave instead of stove. For more information, visit the Alberta Electric System Operator website. Receiving that emergency alert was shocking because Alberta is coal rich. We are energy rich. But because of tinkering with our electrical system grid by the previous NDP government, along with the support of the Liberals in Ottawa, Albertans' grid is now at risk. You see, the NDP government opted for an early phase out of coal, which is reliable baseload electricity, and contaminated the grid with renewables, which are unreliable in the winter and when the wind doesn't blow, leaving us to unplug our block heaters, which keeps our vehicles able to be started so that we can go to work in the morning. I mean, it was just outrageous. We are wealthy with the potential for unlimited, nearly, electricity in this province, given that we have hundreds of years of clean burning coal under our feet. But this is a consequence of green energy policies. Now, joining me today to discuss this, the very recent resignation of Alberta's NDP leader and former Premier Rachel Notley, the one who made these bad green decisions. She's stepping down as leader of the NDP, triggering a leadership race, and a few other things is my friend Robbie Picard from Oil Sands Strong. Take a listen. 
me now is my good friend, Robbie Picard from Oil Sand Strong and Oil and Gas World Magazine. Robbie, just before I hit record on this, we're recording it Tuesday morning, news broke that Rachel Notley here in Alberta is resigning as NDP leader, triggering a leadership race. Um, she's resigning as leader of the official opposition. We don't know yet because this is all very fluid and she hasn't even held a press conference yet. That's going to be carried live later on today on some of the other networks. Um, however, we don't know if she's stepping down as an MLA. I think she probably will because I think she has designs on the uh, federal party. Um, but I just want to get your reaction because this is wild. And she was the most anti-oil and gas uh, premier in the entire country for a very long time, while well, four years, it felt longer, um, in the most oil and gas province in the country. You know, when it comes to Rachel Notley, I've often thought that, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I would prefer, I actually, you know, I, Tom Mulcair, I didn't agree with his politics, but I respected him as an opposition leader. I thought he was a good opposition leader. If, if this means that Rachel Notley would go federally and she'd take out that lunatic Jagmeen uh, and we'd have an opposition, I, I might be okay with that. Um, yeah, this is kind of shocking, but I'm also not shocked. I think that, you know, she had her time. She, it can make the argument, was the most successful NDP leader of all time. That She broke the gas, or gas, well, the gas ceiling, the glass ceiling in Alberta. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm a little bit shocked, uh, but I, I think it's good news for Alberta in a lot of ways, because, um, we need a really, really strong conservative government right now for what's ahead. And, um, I'm hoping that, uh, that Daniel Smith stays as our premier for as long as possible, because I am terrified about our future. Yeah. You know, I do think she probably has designs on the federal party leadership and as a conservative, small C, not a big C conservative, but as someone yeah. who cares about fiscal responsibility and and personal freedom, um, the conservative party wins when there is a strong NDP leader. As yeah. you point out, Thomas Mulcair, I probably disagreed with him on almost everything, but I didn't think he was an absolute crazy person. And, no. <laughs> and he sort of reined in the more radical parts of the NDP. Uh, federally, we know that Jagmeet Singh doesn't do that. And he's a complete and total Justin Trudeau enabler. Um, I think if Rachel Notley runs, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm cheering for her to run federally because it'll crack the progressive coalition wide yeah. apart and the conservatives will just come up the middle. Um, well, and no, as you NDP say, she she was a successful NDP politician. NDP she did crack Fortress Alberta. She's from the West. She's yeah. a woman um, yeah. and uh, seen as a, a more... An, with the NDP, all things being relative, uh, a bit more moderate than some of the wild eyed parts of the party. I mean, again, I say all things being relative. I do think Rachel Notley is an anti-oil radical and a social radical also, but there are far worse than her in the party right now. Well, you know, and if I was, I'm not, but if I was an NDP party supporter, I would want, I mean, what has Jagme done for them? I mean, he's basically like he's bankrupted them. Yeah, he's destroyed them. And I mean, I, I always get a kick out of these champagne social, champagne socialists like him with his, uh, you know, 
dual exhaust BMW car and his expensive suits and his like it's just such a a joke. And I mean the country, the, the workers' state- party, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the state of our country with those two, like with Trudeau and him at the helm. I mean, you know, I. I, I had a conversation with uh, my uncle the other day. My uncle's quite a successful guy, and, he, and he's a little more social to me, which is kind of funny because he was, you know, uh, done very well. Um, but he's also, you know, kind of leans a little bit uh, more social so, social causes than I do. But also, when, you know, when you're retired and you have a ton of money, you can pivot and, you know, you become, you know, you're, you're set. But what I found quite fascinating was, is, you know, when we're talking about Trudeau and these electric cars, and my uncle's the kind of guy that would have a Tesla. And he's like, this is going to ruin us. And most people that I know right now that are talking, like like the, the notion that we are going to have electric cars in 11 years, especially after we had the coldest you know, spell that we've had in 100 years, and we have a warning on the power grid, and him and Trudeau, like the damage they've done to everyone in this country... If you're a small media company and you had Facebook, you lost that. He, he has done more damage than anyone else uh, I, I, and I can remember, more than his father. Like Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet and their little coalition has really damaged our country. And I mean, at this point, like I really hope that Pierre Polyev gets in and I hope that we get some common sense. I mean, could you imagine what would have happened if, if you know, one, they didn't put out that emergency alert, two, the grid would have shut down? I mean, this is what they're putting us into. They're 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 putting our country into a state of complete chaos where common sense doesn't exist anymore for their woke, woke ideology, which isn't even I don't even know why. I don't understand it. I mean, in Chicago right now, electric cars they have only minus nineteen, and they're and they're shutting down like crazy. They're having a crisis from a little bit of a snowstorm, and we're going to duplicate that across our country. I, I just I'm just shocked and blown away by this pure incompetence. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the electricity grid because I I do want to talk to you about this because the NDP here in Alberta are trying to offload their mistakes onto the current government. The crisis in our electricity grid related to the cold weather that we're having and cold weather, my sub minus 40, you're from Fort McMurray, I'm from Fort Saskatchewan. That's nothing new. We get it every couple of weeks all winter long. This extended deep freeze spell is what's been very hard on our grid. And the NDP, in particular, Brian Mason, a former NDP, um, you know, he was he was the former NDP leader uh, before Notley. Um, and he's sitting at home right now. Or sorry, I think he's in B.C. He retired to B.C., uh, sucking up his pension. And he said that uh, the reason the grid is... F- is in danger right now. And we had alerts all sent to our phones, like Amber alerts telling us not to plug in our electric vehicles and not to, you know, not to start cleaning the oven. (laughs) But (laughs) but, uh, he, uh, he said it is the fault of the hillbillies. He used that word for voting for the UCP. And I thought, you know what, you jack wagons, you guys are the ones who took us off coal. We've got 800 years of clean, burning, reliable coal under our feet. And the NDP sided with Justin Trudeau and started taking our reliable coal-fired electricity generation 
offline and polluted our grid with unreliable renewables that are operating at basically next to nothing right now. We're trying to have our natural gas plants keep up. And if we ever end up in a rolling brownout situation, guess what we're going to do? We're going to do what we always do. Buy coal-fired electricity from our good friends in Wyoming. So for all of the NDPs preening and blaming hillbillies for the failings of our grid that they tinkered with, at the end of the day, we'll just buy coal-fired electricity from Wyoming. So we're not really getting off coal and getting off coal jobs. We're getting off Canadian coal and Canadian coal jobs. You know, I always, this is the part that I find always perplexing. Um, I call them the pseudo intellectuals that somehow think that they are superior to everybody and they don't feel need to call people hillbillies. I mean, I, you know, I don't think that Brian is in a position to criticize anybody considering the mess that they left the province in. And I, I have a friend who actually was a complete NDP supporter from Parkland County who told me the devastation that shutting down the coal industry did to that community. This is stuff we do. We, we produce 1.5% of all global emissions. That's it. It doesn't matter anything we do, period. It makes zero difference in the world's CO2 emissions, if you want to make that argument. And we are destroying our economy, punishing ourselves. Um, this electric car thing is going to blow up in their face. And you know what's really going to be funny? Countries like China that are benefiting from it. It's just helping China. It's not helping us. The batteries, like, I mean, it's really destroying our country. And why? I mean, this is a, this is just a taste of a, a warning on our cell phones, okay? You know, don't pl- turn out your lights and don't use the oven. Can you imagine when it gets real serious? Like, what happens to the, the state of our country? I mean, this was, this was nothing. This is just a warning on your phone. You get like, it's something to talk about. But they are putting us in our, or they're putting our country in a position of weakness uh it's, we're becoming a pathetic country with no military presence with all these resources that we are not it's like that airplane the, the what was that name of the airplane that we could the every aero years ago Avro, we had that, yeah yeah we're doing that to our energy industry we're sitting back and we're, we're becoming this stupid country we've had this bizarre narcissistic leader who won't leave and and don't under you know what and people like well he's you know he, you can't underestimate Justin Trudeau. You can make the argument that Justin Trudeau is the most successful leader in the G8 because he's the last one standing. You know, and I think we really need to take him seriously. Like, I mean, what what is he willing to do to stay in power? I mean, buying the media. Like, think about that. Like, it was really funny because I, like, I, I was watching um, At Issue on CBC and um, I found it quite interesting what Andrew Cohn said because he said that even him, he, he made a statement saying that, like, the money that they receive, he wishes they didn't receive it because they've lost all credibility. Well, how, how do you, you know, I have clients in my marketing company that are paying. Do you think I'm going to say anything bad about them? <laughs> right, Absolutely right. not. They're the greatest clients. Everything they do is amazing. And, and right. it'll be like that. That's what he's done for media. He literally has made himself this election force, changing rules on Facebook. And at some point it'll blow up. But we're going to be the collateral damage. You know, like I did a post the other day where I had a picture of, you know, uh, uh, Daniel Smith and I put feminist and I put fake feminist. And then someone messaged me, well, you're chauvinistic because I'm calling Trudeau a fake feminist. Like Trudeau has like, you want to talk about trans 
as stealing women? Well, Trudeau, I mean, look what he's done. It's 2015. I'm the best feminist. I want to be called a feminist. He literally stole, like, he did no different than anyone else. He took that and he became this, he became a feminist because he couldn't handle women actually being feminists. Tell me one female that Trudeau has uplifted. You mean one? I can't right. think of one. Maybe Christina Freeland. I doubt it. But it's all about him. Everything. He's the prettiest girl in the room. That's Justin Trudeau. And and, and it's just a mess. And I, I want to say something else, too, when I'm on this rat right now. But Give when, I, when I saw what happened to David Mendes, I was just blown away. Now, it was really funny because I watched all the media. And that, like, that was like the number one story of the world for two days, three days. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was amazing. But like, I know David and, you know, and I, I, I kind of like, I don't see David as like dangerous ever. You know what I mean? No. Uh, like, like even when he's like going after a story, like his treatment by, by and I've thought about this even more so because some people are like, well, you know, he was arrested before, but like, what has he ever done to deserve any type of the treatment he's received? And, you know, they, they were covering it kind of fairly, but I, I mean, I was watching like, they were struggling to just say this is a reporter. Like they 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 gave him it, it was so pathetic. And I thought, this is the world we're in. They can't just take their personal opinion aside and say, you know what, we don't like Rebel, we don't like David. But that is wrong. I mean, and you know what? I'll say something else too. If you watch that video closely, the guy, that's like a basketball move. Mm -hmm. He didn't bump into him. That's he a screen. He just path deliberately to arrest him. <laughs> Yeah, and you should do play by play on that and kind of show because, like, why would you be standing there for Paul? He was waiting for him. Sure, like that's like that's a move, right? And 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 that's somehow acceptable. And Freeland, shame on her, like, like unbelievable. Even if she says, "Well, I don't handle it," how about you just apologize? Say, you know, this is excessive. Like, she's a former journalist. The woman won't shut up about how she supports the rights of journalists to speak truth to power, except when a journalist is arrested right in front of her. Then she doesn't have a thing to say. She can't even say, she didn't even have to say, like, my security detail acted in excess. When she had the question put to her the next day, she could have just said, you know, I'm against uh, arresting journalists trying to do their jobs. That's yeah. all she had to say. She couldn't 100%. even say that. And he just asked a simple question. That's his job. And, and, and that's the world we're in. And that's what Trudeau's created. And I, and I, I think it's a shame. Like, we're, we're in such a bad position because of this, you know, this silver spoon spoiled brat narcissist that is our leader. Yeah. And, I mean, look, I actually like Jean Chrétien. I could respect Paul Martin. I could tell you good things of all the liberal prime ministers that we've had throughout history, including his dad to a point. And I'm not a big, uh, you know, Pierre Fran, mm -hmm. but I can no. say certain things. Tell me one thing that he's done for the country. Give me one. You make, I mean, maybe you can make the girl. argument on the Trans Mountain. You can make the argument on Trans Mountain. I mean, really? It's, it's he took something out of the hands of the private sector that was going to be built and then ballooned the cost uh, 300% at least, and it's still not in production. Um, Good point. Also, Thank you. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, quick, another question. Are we letting in the same amount of immigrants that the U.S. is? I heard that we're matching it. Like, a, like we're letting the exact... Like per capita? Every Not per single capita. I heard we're on... What are, what are we at with that? It's the same. Like, why are we doing that? 
Like, well, and nobody can give us a straight answer. So what they're saying are their immigration targets are probably twice, actually, what they're allowing. And uh, we just don't have the housing. We don't have the health care. We don't have the schools. We don't so have the resources. Is he just resources. letting in voters? Is he hoping yes. to let in people to vote for him? Yes. Right. So that's the stage we're at. Like he buys the media and then he lets in people to the country so they can vote for him. And then he's going to ban electric cars in 11 years. And meanwhile, if you look at the transfer payments, the big transfer payments went to Manitoba and to Quebec from Alberta, from our oil revenue, one way, whichever way you want to slice it. And then they're going to hinder that. Like, this is not, this is not okay. Like, and I, and I just, you're scared to speak out against it because you don't want to, you know, be labeled conspiracy theorist. You don't want your bank account frozen. Well, you know, you think about that. Think about that. He had the, he froze people's bank accounts because they disagreed with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, wow. I mean, you know, I, I mean, he could go to Putin and tell Putin to hold his beer. Yeah. Like, he, is, he is becoming something that, yeah. And I just, I'm blown away by it. But when I, when I had that warning and you know, the, 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 yeah, the damage that this electric car thing does to us. Yeah, we don't have grid capacity. It, we don't have grid capacity for the cars, let alone everything else they want us to do. But look what else he's doing. Let's say you want to buy a gas-powered vehicle or a diesel-powered truck. Mm -hmm. That is going to stop in about three years because they are going to gear up for the for. They're not going to plant. They don't plant. They don't build a car. Right. Like that. Right. He's, like he's ruining our province. So it's like, I, I don't know, like, I just, I'm at the point now where I, 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 I just can't believe we're in this state and we've let this happen, but how, what can we do in Alberta? I mean, right. That's well, that's the thing. We didn't let this happen. We didn't. But there's hope. The, there's always there, hope. And you know what? The poll numbers are sh signaling hope. And um, as, as are pointed out the other day, the younger you are a voter, the more you actually dislike Trudeau. Because you see Trudeau as the reason that you are never going to have the things that your parents and grandparents have. Uh, you see Trudeau as the reason that you might never own a home, let alone property. The reason you might never get to take a vacation or own a reliable vehicle or be able to afford children or be able to get out of de debt. They see Trudeau as the hindrance to their future goals and, um, you know, it's reflected in the polls where Trudeau is consistently 10 points down from the conservatives. But that's also a reason why he's going to give the NDP everything they want, because the second that coalition falls apart, he is off on a billionaire's island somewhere on a forever vacation. Yeah, 100%. And I think, think about this. He's taxing us to stay alive. Yeah. So while you're already paying, like, your my doggy door broke, right? So I've got a crisis. It's minus fifty outside, and I can't close my doggy door, right? right. So I and I can't fix the door. So I'm already burning more energy trying to like deal with that, right? <laughs> well, now I got to pay tax on top of that. Yeah, he's taxing us to stay alive, right? Like heating your home, it, it, it should be like as cheap as possible. It should be a, a human right. People that can't afford it should be subsidized for is the basic need to stay alive in Alberta, in in, in Canada, anywhere. And I mean, you sure he sure shut up about heat pumps, didn't he? 
You haven't yeah. really, like, <laughs> like, you know, that's going to work, right? Like, turn your air conditioner backwards and you can warm your house. Like, it's just insane. Anyway, always yeah. been my rat on him, but I, I, I just hit a wall today. And I, the beauty, though, is everyone I know, rather, and I have a lot of friends on all spectrums. Sure you do, yeah. You know, so, like, I, but everyone I know is on the same page as him. They all think he's a narcissistic child who's never grown up. But the cool thing, as you said, the younger people are seeing it. And hopefully we can get rid of that, you know, that it, it, it's, I think he will be the worst prime minister that we've ever had. I mean, he never balanced the budget. He like, he is, it's just, he ruined the country and, and our morale and can't like, I do the biggest thing. I think I was talking to a friend of mine, the other young, younger person, they're like, you know, universal income will be perfect. And as long as I can get an affordable house, I don't need to own a home. And I'm like, wow. So that's what you want. You own nothing. You make just enough to sustain. You own nothing and be happy. That is not what Alberta or Canada ever was. It's a place where people can have opportunities, own homes, and build a life. And so you, you, your life is a journey. And it didn't matter who you were. You had a shot. Right. And now, I don't know. And then the debt, like, we're <laughs> we're a small country. And the debt load we have now, I mean, it's... I really hope that we come to our senses and maybe there's a shot. We'll get the Keystone pipeline and maybe all of this nonsense will spin around and we'll treat the world like we should and burn clean re renewable fossil energy, you know, right. from like fossil fuels, which is renewable at the same time. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. It's too, it's like, where's all these trees he planted? You know, one thing I like that they do in Saskatchewan is they build wetlands in the ditches by yeah. the farmland. That shit we can do right away. We can we can we can make our world better. We can have clean air and fossil fuels. We do. You're not gonna have it if you make all these electric cars and have these batteries that don't last, that they're gonna ruin the planet. You're gonna have to like deal with that. It's insane. And we need to we need to be more vocal and do something about it. Yeah, it is insane when you think that again, we have eight hundred years of clean burning coal under our feet. We have the world's third largest proven oil reserves, uh, natural gas just seeping out of the ground in places. Coal, you could just chip it out of the riverbeds. And uh, we are potentially faced with rolling brownouts because of the green energy policies imposed on us by the NDP who continue to blame the current UCP. And if Justin Trudeau had his way, he would make it worse because if we were in the future faced with a rolling brownout, nobody could get to work at the windmill farm of the future because their electric pickup trucks wouldn't start. Like it's just a disaster upon another disaster. But on that dark note, uh, you and I have a reason to celebrate because it is an important anniversary this week. For you, it is the week you ran Hollywood out of Fort McMurray, <laughs> and they never really ever came back. No, it was on a very cold, cold winter day in front of Moxie's. I'll never I forget remember. that text. You're like, Sheila Jane Fonda is in Moxie's. And I was like, the hell she is. She is <laughs> she's not in Moxie's. I'm like, that's just some other old lady with too much work done. That's not Jane Fonda. But it was. Sorry, tell us about it. Uh, you know, it was a great day. Uh, you know, it was, we, 
Uh, I was trying to hunt her down, and the, the funny part was is that I was actually late for a meeting with my lawyer. Um, and <laughs> so Suzanne calls me, and she's like, "Robbie, where are you?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, I forgot about lunch with us. I'm, you know, I'm trying to track Jane Fonda down." She's like, "Well, you better hurry up because she's here at Moxie's." So I uh, managed to set up a bit of a media squirm, and uh, she wouldn't answer my questions. And my, of course, my cell phone was on like no battery, <laughs> and I had two seconds. But that, I mean. That did two things. It 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 got me back my in my advocacy lane, which I'm thankful for because you know I had that uh, lesbian post and I was kind of staying it there for a little while. But uh, after that, it uh, you know got me back, and I you know I am so proud of it. I, I'm pr- the two things I'm most proud of is that uh, I was supposed to debate Mike Edema from Greenpeace, and uh, he told the I think he told the reporter that they that the they were scared to debate me because I, I was not scared to take on the environmentalists so they would have to get counseling after I was done with them. And I, I was so, I was <laughs> proud of that. And I'm also proud that there has not been a celebrity visit to Fort McMurray since. Yeah. I mean, you could say Greta, you know, was here, but Greta lied so low and basically, right. you know, did it. She didn't do much, but I, and I, I have, I'm proud of that. Cause that's been quite a few years. How many years has that been? Seven, I think. Oh my God! Yeah, seven yeah. years. Yeah. So, in my you know, in my my little uh, faux leather jacket and freezing, it, <laughs> but it was a it was a good moment, and I, I'm proud of that moment because it was a time Fort McMurray fought back, and it it created such a positive reaction. The majority of the Indigenous First Nations um, mm-hmm. denounced her visit. They wrote letters about her. Uh, Chief yep. Jim Boucher from Fort McKay refused to meet with her. Yeah. She was left in the cold and high. It also was, an, we, we just said we had enough. We fought back. Even Nolly spoke against her visit. And, and it was just, it was such a perfect storm. Um, and it kind of goes to show you, like, because the other cool thing I'm proud of, but was that they were all going to come here for tech. And I warned them. I said, I'm here. And I went to the tech hearings. And Berman didn't even come because she didn't want to deal with me. And um, so they because they, yeah, because if celebrities come to Fort McMurray to bash the oil sands, I will track them down. I will find them. There's nowhere they can go that I won't get tipped off on. I've got friends with helicopters. I'll get a helicopter and track them down, and I'll confront them. And uh, so like, I'm, and they know that. I'm, and uh, I, I give zero, give zero cares what they think. So I'm ha- I'm proud of that. I have some like regrets on on the reach that you know like we've done a lot like taking on David Suzuki all kinds of stuff like I'm I'm proud of all that um, tech you know that was a project that our community really could have used um, and they won they managed to get tech council and I think part of that was is that uh, Martin Sheen Jane Fonda and all them instead of coming here they were supposed to I believe they canceled that they did it in Washington. Yeah. So, you know, if I had the resources, I would have loved to have just hopped a plane and gone to Washington to confront them. Because that Jane Fonda, like, I mean, and Neil Young and the, the they sheer. Needed, hit- they knew they knew they couldn't have protested in your community because they would be faced with the people whose lives they were about to change for the worse by denying them their jobs. And so uh, next time, I think it is very important um, and I'll do everything I can to help you get there. The next time these environmentalist yahoos in their 50,000 square foot mansions and their private jets decide to tell indigenous people they don't 
deserve a six-figure job to get themselves out of generational poverty, they are not going to do it unopposed. No, and and, and I think bluntly, we need to, we got to understand like it's a whole frog and boiling water thing. Like yep. we don't, we we it's just electric car. Like even the notion, like well, you know, it's only ten years. Like in, it, they're not going to implement for ten years. How about I will drive a gas powered truck until I choose not to? Yeah, that's my right. Like, who are they to tell us what to do? I mean, you can make the argument. And here's the funny thing about electric cars. They're actually not new. They're, in fact, that they're older than, right. you look back, they're actually older than the current ga uh, gas-powered, diesel-powered vehicles we have, right? Uh, the technology just doesn't work. Here. I am not against, like, a golf cart at a golf course that's electric, right? I have I'm one. I'm all good with that. I love it. I sneak up on people in it. <laughs> I'm fine with that. But what we all know in our hearts, what they're doing is wrong. We all know yeah. it. Everyone knows it. No one wants these electric cars. And do you know who also doesn't want, want do you know who also doesn't want the electric cars? The cabinet ministers. Because every time they yeah. open their mouths about this stuff, I pull what sort of taxpayer funded vehicle they are choosing for themselves. And they are almost ninety-nine percent gas powered vehicles. And more often than not, not a sedan, but an SUV. And if you pose the question to them, why are you driving an SUV? Well, because I need something safe on Canadian winter roads. And I say to that, me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then like even the environment minister, you know what I mean? He was caught driving. A, 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 they were providing him with a vehicle that was gas powered. Like it's ridiculous. Christina yeah, McKenna, drive, McKenna drives a Subaru. Like, yeah like, yeah like what the hell like yeah. so like it, it's I, I i i hate to say this but sometimes i really truly believe it's about creating a two-level society yep. you know what i yep. mean that and you're, you're happy with what we give you and so be it and we can still i mean even the whole like you know the cop conferences and all that i mean what like they all take private jets to go feel important it's it's bizarre it is it is. Uh, when they move off the beach because of the rising oceans, then maybe I might take them seriously. Probably not. But at least I would believe that they were sincere. However wrong, but they're not sincere. Well, they just I mean, are I using mean, this to control our lives. How many homeless people does Oprah let live in one of her mansions? Right. Great point. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, how many, like, how many houses does one person need? Yeah. Right? And, and like, I mean, if you want to make like, I'm a capitalist. I'm all for you. Work hard. Do what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. But they're but, not. <laughs> but, but yeah, well, that's, and that's my point. Like, it's like, you know, how many, how many homeless people are there in England and how many castles sit empty? But the truth of it is the problem is a lot more complicated than that. Homelessness isn't just always sad people that have, are down on their luck. It's crime, drugs, all kinds of stuff, right? We had a homeless encampment here and everyone was dropping off food for them and all this stuff. And then, then it turned out there was a major criminal raping women in that. Camp. Right. And so he was doing like, it on a full belly, sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's kind of hilarious, I think, that these so-called woke people are trying to tell people how to live instead of just living their lives. Like, I mean, Oprah, have your billions. Good for you. You did yeah. well for yourself. I support that. But th this infringing on everyone else's right to live. I, I don't get it. You know, it's like, I remember watching when I, 
they had they were at some award show and then uh, they had the they showed pictures of Italia's pond in Fort McMurray and that all these millionaire celebrities were dressed up full talking about talking about the cars right none of them were here none of them understand anything I mean like and that's I mean at least that's one thing I will say I think we have accomplished when celebrities speak now they get pretty destroyed pretty fast yep I think we have accomplished that you know what I mean like we've managed to there is a massive like they don't want to speak like they used to without knowledge or 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 if it's a cause it's a cause that you know makes sense it's not a cause of ripping out taking a job out of an indigenous person's future like and i and so i think that is a good thing but my favorite moment of my whole advocacy was not uh besides jay but i was in that uh, i was filming chief uh with crystal smith uh it was a really good video i finished um interviewing her and then this kind of an older guy like you know 56 not older but like you know like middle age plus came up to me and he was almost in tears he said uh, you know i just got a job with the coastal gas link and uh, i'm going to be able to provide my grandkids with a little bit of cash i've always worked but i never could get that perfect job and they had some and i think he had some disabilities so he had to they had to put him through some training and he did really well and now for the next 10 years of his life he's going to have the highest paying job he ever had he's going to leave a little bit of money and it gave him a purpose that, that that's that that's what jane fonda takes from people their bullshit and uh, that's what uh, all of them did and candidly i i mean they 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 avoid the avoid me like the plague so i you know it's uh that's i that's if i was to say one thing in this anniversary of uh you know the jane fonda day um i'm happy that she's never come back yeah and nobody else has either now robbie uh tell us how people can support the work that you do um at oil sand strong and and how they can access oil and gas world because as i always say you're sticking up for a family just like mine but your um your advocacy really does stick up for the men and women like that man you met when you were filming with chief crystal um go to oilandgasworld.ca and sign up for a newsletter and then we are going to be having some if people want to like fund us a little bit or give us like 20 bucks we haven't really done that, but we're going to start now. Um, I've uh, been, I've got a lot of projects. I've got um, Live in Fort McMurray video series, which is uh, the reincarnation of my Visit Fort McMurray series, Fort McMurray 1000, and then on the bigger scale, Oil and Gas World magazine travels around the country and we interview people all walks of life. Uh, we have some massive, big hitter interviews coming up. But one thing we do is we interview people all equally. So other than the cover photo, everyone gets the the same treatment. So right. um, yeah, like so it was uh, it was a lady that I interviewed when I was in Upsala, Ontario, at her gas station, Shannon, uh, I, and that's what I what I truly believe. I, I I I believe that you know everybody has value and everyone's interesting, and I and and the goal is to humanize conservatives and tell the the stories of people that you know that are being drowned out by this fake wokeness that we are surrounded in right now. Yeah, I like that you gave that lady as much space in your magazine as you gave to the Premier of Alberta. I think that says something about you. Thank you. Um, and merch, Robbie, how do people get your merch? Go to allsandstrong.com and buy a ton of merch. <laughs> Toques, hats, hoodies, hoodies. Uh, 
Yeah, we are doing a whole new branding thing, and I'm actually teaming up with a friend, Chris, uh, named Chris, and we are going to be taking the clothing line across the world. Um, so that has been a plan. It's just, it's kind of getting, we got staff now. My, my marketing company is doing quite well, but it's it's hard because, like, you know, I've been, it's a bit of a one man show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have a bus in a, in, a, in a storage facility in Sudbury. I got to figure out when I'm going to get my bus back on the road. So there's always something going on. Robbie, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing this joyous day with me. It's not only, you know, Jane Fonda anniversary day, champagne. but it's not Lee resignation day. Oh, it's yeah, been a wild, people. long ride. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Robbie. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we've come to the viewer feedback portion of the show. It always comes after the interview and I try to get viewer feedback on last week's show, but sometimes on other things that are happening in and around the company. And as usual, there's completely nothing happening here at Rebel News, just boring, trying to find things to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, right. I can't keep up to the work that the team is doing in Davos. If you want to see their reports and support their independent journalism from on the ground, from the globalist gathering of the world's power brokers and oligarchs in Switzerland, go to wefreports.com. I give out my email address right now um, because I care about what you think about the work that we're doing here at Rebel News. Without you, there is no Rebel News. I say this every single week, but we get new people here all the time and they have to know what the rules are too. So Sheila at rebelnews.com, send me an email, put gun show letters in the subject line so that it's easier for me to find, not because I'm a lazy little journalist like those of them working in the mainstream, but because I do get dozens, if not hundreds of emails a day, depending on how rambunctious I have been on the internet or what sort of controversial work we've done here at Rebel News. So gun show letters in the subject line. It's easier for me to find. I appreciate you if you do that for me. But also leave a comment, question, story idea, viewer feedback on any of the platforms wherein you're watching us. For example, if you're watching us on Rumble, leave a comment there. I go poking around over there sometimes to see what you folks are saying. If you're watching us on YouTube, bless your heart for toughing it out through the censorship and being brave enough to post a comment there because YouTube frequently pulls them down. If you've been a little bit too truthy, if you know what I mean. All that is to say, though, today's comment comes to us from YouTube and not on the gun show. However, it is on a story that I did this week. Now, earlier this week, I don't know if you saw it, but I published a story about how the liberal government, and this is an an exclusive story because we painfully watched the Government Contracts website, that the feds are blowing $7 million on consultants to advise them on how best to make the Canadian military net zero. Now, I have my suspicions that I think the Liberals' end game on how to make the Canadian military net zero is to not have a Canadian military at all through a crisis in morale (laughs) and a lack of deployment-ready equipment so that... uh, Nobody ever joins. <laughs> and so the military just ends through attrition. People retiring, 
quiet quitting as the youngsters say. And they just, nobody ever joins. So we just button up the entire department. I mean, that would be what the liberals would ideally want. No military. Guess what? Net zero military. But um, anyway, I published that story this week and I thought, what are people saying about that story? Do they, are they concerned about the woke climate madness now infecting the Canadian military? I mean, they're already infected with wokeness in the upper echelons. I mean, now you can get feminine hygiene products in the men's room on Canadian forces bases and facilities. Now we're worried about uh, the climate and carbon footprint of our tanks and jets, if we can ever get some working jets. Anyway, Joan H. 1952 writes on my video on YouTube, First, Trudeau needs to have a net zero private jet fleet that he travels on instead of polluting the planet willy-nilly. There's always Zoom, which would reduce security costs and be good for the environment. Oh, but you can't Zoom yourself to a luxury vacation on your billionaire friend's private island as the Trudeau family did for Christmas vacation this year. Right. And as I'm recording this, I know Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland is at the World Economic Forum. She easily could have twitched her way through a speech via Zoom. However, she didn't because who would give up a trip to Davos? I mean, it's it's like Banff. It's beautiful. Um, and there are lots of high end restaurants and powerful friends for you to visit and network with. So it's tough to do over Zoom. They only care about our carbon footprint, not their own. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And as always, do not let the government tell you that you've had too much to think. <laughs>